Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to a end of the year Matter of Truth episode. I am your one of your hosts, Alex, and I'm joined with me as always, Anthony, on the other side of the world, it feels like. Now we're, now we're even further apart, man. Yeah, you're moving uh, further west opposed to east, you know? You're supposed to come this way. I yeah. am moving west. As a matter of fact, I'm in I'm in transit right now. I'm this is how committed we are to getting you an episode. I am I, I closed out the apartment tonight, uh, cleaned it all up, turned in the keys, packed up my car with the last few bits of things, and uh, I'm driving to Iowa right now, yeah. going home. Avoiding all the snow, no snow there. Um, not on the roads, but we got a pretty good storm last night. Oh, yeah, dumped. It dumped probably about four inches in a couple of hours, so it came through real fast. Really? So what you're telling us is you're not really escaping the snow of of Illinois, then? Oh, sadly, I'm not. Um, we've actually had more snow in Iowa at the house there than Illinois has had this year, so mm. I'm going to have to go give my congregation a little bit of a hard time because they were trying to sell me that their winters were less harsh than Illinois. Really? Well, look, man, safe travels. Actually, last week you were talking about how there was a big snowstorm that you have to drive through or windstorm or something, right? Yeah, it was last week. I was uh, um, moving some stuff in my car. (laughs) I was uh, driving home Wednesday night because I had had a church service to preach on for Christmas Eve. And... So I left work, got back to the apartment, packed up a few things, got on the road, and uh, I got maybe about, so it's about a five and a half, give or take a uh, drive, five and a half hours, and I got about four hours in, and the snow was terrible, but mm. it wasn't sticking to like the road, it wasn't sticking, you know, it wasn't making the road slick, but it was so heavy that it was causing whiteouts and because the wind was so bad it was like 50 mile an hour winds and uh i think i made a comment in one of the group chats we're in that i was getting like 15 miles to the gallon because i was driving right into this wind Mm, wow and it was terrible and i've got a little bit of wind tonight but yeah i actually had to stop about an hour and a half from my from my house and get a hotel just so i could stay safe it was awful sounds pretty bad and traveling in the midwest is brutal to say the least it's pretty bad yeah so just for the for those who are listening we have decided to uh kind of forego any topics tonight um 
we've been requested by a few people to give our backstory, um, you know, kind of talk about how we came to faith. And so kind of give you a little bit of a, you know, behind the scenes to who you guys listen to on a bi-weekly basis for a matter of truth. So uh, I, I'm going to turn it over to you. I want you to do your story first. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. So I want to, I'm interested to hear it. All right. I'm far less interesting than you. So I don't know about that. I don't know how interesting I am at all. <laughs> Same. I, I don't know. I think we're all like very much the same. We're all sinners, right? Right. Before you, before you start, I want to make this comment and, I, and I'm always fascinated by this, how everybody wants to know, like, you know, Oh, do you have a testimony? Tell us your story, how you came. I'm like, there's nothing spectacular. It's like, I just, I, I get, you know, it kind of helps mold together maybe this imagery of who we are. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I saw an angel and, you know, I didn't get <laughs> divine intervention here. I mean, just an average Joe. Yeah. So, but I'm going to hand it to you and let you okay. take the reins. All right. So, um, I want to start off by saying the episode we did with Cy 10, um, Bergen Kate, it actually got me really thinking about my past and how everything has come to this moment. Um, and with my whole journey, my, my Christian walk, I, I love how he had talked about the uh, a seed is planted. And, you know, we don't know how that that faith is, is grown. It's over a period of time. If it's like this one moment that you remember, you come to Christ. So anyway, um, I, I'll start off with this is that I always believed in, in God. We always prayed. I, I have a Roman Catholic background. I was raised Roman Catholic, um, went to a Catholic school my whole, uh, my whole life um, up until ninth grade when my mom moved me to a, a Christian school. So um, my mom was from Bogota, Colombia, and she was a devout Roman Catholic. Uh, my father, Italian, Roman Catholic as well. So we were, we were raised in, in going to church on Sundays, um, confirmation, uh, first communion, uh, first confession, you know, everything Roman Catholic is, is how I was raised. And um, so my mom got into um, going to a, uh, a thing called Tag Ministries, I think is what it was, and as well as like Marriage Encounter. And she was introduced to this, the, the actual Christian faith, uh, born again, putting your faith in Christ um, and the guy named CJ Mahoney was actually running the tag ministries. And that's actually how she came to putting her faith in, in Christ was through, uh, through this, the ministry that CJ had. Um, from that point on, it was, it was different in, in our household with respect to how, uh, you know, God was spoke about. Uh, we got, an understanding that we weren't getting in the Catholic school, Roman Catholic school, about about who Christ was. Um, so my mom always was pointing us uh, to 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 Christ and what it was to to be born again. So she put me in a Christian school. Didn't last there. Completely rebellious. Um, though at that school, I did. There was a moment where I remember I was upset about something and. Uh, one of the teachers came out and said, hey, do you want to give your life to Christ? Um, I said the words, uh, you know, and went through the motions. And really, that's that was it. You know, I went on living my life. Um, I was at that point really interested in music. So um, I got into music through my high school years um, and started playing out in the club scene and whatever musician wants, they want to get a record deal. And that's what I started to pursue. So um, that's the lifestyle I lived was really all about music, everything music, and that whole bar scene and, and, and the debauchery, getting into you know the drinking, um, touching around drugs a little bit. I didn't get really into that that much. Um, 
But my whole goal and my whole ambition had nothing to do with God. Even though I was getting it at home from my mother and my father, uh, I didn't want anything to do with that. Other than, you know, I'd go to church on Sunday. I would, I would, uh, those types of things, Easter, Christmas, and that was it. It was all completely focused on, on music. So I was pursuing music up until the point where um, my mom had, had just retired and she actually, um, a few months later, was diagnosed with glioblastoma, uh, stage four brain cancer. So at that point, something inside of me was like, wow, this is, um, this is something else. This is uh, out of my control. And I went into this mode of, I've got to get her healed. Again, it was me. I have to take her to these healing services. So I found some healing services. I took, I took her, um, you know, and uh, the thing about it is, is she was initially given three months to, uh, to live after the operation. And she uh, actually was blessed with three years. Uh, the Lord blessed her despite my, uh, my ambition and my wanting to take her to these healing services that were completely just odd. It was completely strange. It, it was everything you see, um, you know, at the, the healing service videos and whatnot. Um, but again, she lived for the three years. And um, during the three years, I, uh, my wife had her first child. We had our child. Um, so she was able to, to see her um, come into this life and that was a blessing in and of itself um and after she passed away i went right back to um you know to music it, it, you know i there was a period when she was blessed with those three years that i thought okay well you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do the best i can and and uh it was just you know it was just this lukewarm you know sunday christian i spoke about it but I just, it was never giving myself, the cost was never there, walking away from music never um, really entered my mind. I always knew deep down that I wanted to get back to music. So, so that's actually what happened. Got into another band, uh, landed a record deal. We were doing tours with Motley Crue, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Man, uh, those types of bands. And, um, you know, we, the next few years, it was just all touring. I was away from my family. And there was actually a, sh a, a break in touring. We came home. Uh, my, my, my wife started going through uh, having some issues. Uh, we took her to the doctor. Um, she was tested to get to the bottom of, of, of what the issues were. And um, when I got home, I actually, uh, I was scared. I, I was honestly scared. Uh, I knew I'd been blessed with you know, a wonderful family, a wonderful wife. And I felt just so convicted of my sin and how I had been never walking really in faith at all. And um, God was only my God when I needed something. So at that, at that moment, um, I was in tears. I was, I was scared, scared for my wife, uh, scared for just different thoughts. Um, I emailed... Uh, a couple guys in the band and I said I'm done I'm out um, I need to focus on God I need to focus on my family so at that moment um, that was it uh, I walked away from from uh, music altogether it was that was it and I made a promise to God and I pray I'm going to be strong and give it um, I, and I know I am uh, that I would not step back up on stage uh, unless it's to bring God glory and, you know, at that point, like I said earlier, we, we were touring with these bands like Korn and uh, we did shows with like Stone Temple Pilots, all these different types of bands. And I was so in, in just, it was in the trenches, man. And just, that's all I wanted to do was get up on stage because that's what fulfilled me. That's where I got my, uh, my gratification, my validation was, you know, uh, up there and hearing the applaud from the audience and um i was i was lost yeah. i was lost in the lifestyle i was lost in the the state of mind of of that secular world and 
God plucked me out. He was so gracious. Um, his grace has been on me since I was a little kid. I mean, from my mom praying, uh, and she always did, always did wanting us to come to faith in, in Christ. And um, God used my mom. He used the ministry of like John MacArthur or Lester Begg. They was st- so impactful listening. Yeah. Even though I was running from it, I would listen. Um, and it, it, again, it, it, it ended up penetrating my heart. It, the, the, ear, the earplugs came out, the scales fell off my eyes. And um, I haven't, you know, I haven't looked back since, since that time. I was baptized in um, 2018. And um, it, God has just been wonderful, wonderful to to me. Somebody who I just I don't deserve I don't deserve it at all. I, I don't deserve it at all. And He's been blessing me and my family. And uh, I owe it all to God. I it was nothing I did, yeah. nothing I could have done. Um, and that's really kind of how I ended up to where I am today. And it just really goes to show. Uh, you know the mustard seeds planted and who plants it and 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 god will grow that as he in his time and how he sees fit if he chooses to and so my 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 journey has been kind of a roller coaster uh all over the place i could go into a lot more detail but that's kind of it in a nutshell and and i'm just so blessed by the prayers uh, again, from my mom and, and, and the different ministries and, and people that um, God used to get me to the point where um, he has opened my eyes and my ears. And yeah. I just pray for uh, for knowledge and for wisdom and to only glorify his name. That's, you know, I've, I've, in our side conversations off of the show, you we've kind of expressed this, you know, both of our walks to each other. And, and every time I hear the things that you've gone through, I, I hear so many similarities in my story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I haven't had to deal with the loss of a parent, but, um, but like your, your influence from the secular world really kind of lays true to me. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a breathtaking and it leaves you speechless when you just sit in awe at what God has done in our lives and taking what we used to be and making us into who we are today. Yeah. So my walk, um, a little, a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. I didn't grow up per se in a Christian household. Uh, my parents worked the weekends. My dad was, um, a correctional officer for the state of Illinois for the prison system and my mom worked retail so uh, they worked all sorts of hours all the weekends all the time and so we rarely went to church um, now when we moved to Il- downstate Illinois where I grew up for most of my adolescent and teenage years and young adult years um, we lived in a small community, 500 people. There was three churches in this town, and all three of them were Lutheran churches, funny enough. So you can start sending me your hate mail now. Uh, <laughs> but, so we, I kind of bounced actually between all three at different times. Um, when I was a young teenager, my mom wanted me to go through confirmation. So I started going to one that was Missouri Senate, it was extremely strict, you know, and I just I just felt so out of place. Like I'm like, this is not anything about what I want to do. I just don't I don't feel right here. And so I uh, kind of left that scene. And then I think the next year I joined one of the other churches and it worked out well. I got confirmed, but again, I I didn't really know anything. Like I didn't know, uh, any catechisms. I didn't know about the Bible. Like I had a Bible, but I didn't know anything about it. I tried to read it and I'm like, I don't understand any of this. This is literally like I'm reading French or ancient 
Egyptian hieroglyphics. I just couldn't make sense of it. I can make sense of in the beginning God created, and then after that I just lost interest. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, my parents never forced me to go to church. They never, you know, instilled that uh, that burden on my heart. Um, But I got confirmed, and you know, I started dating this really this really cute girl in high school who I just so happened to marry. And she wanted to get married in her church, and I was totally fine with it. You know, and and and, and I got to admit, and I've told her this before. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was, I played the part of Christian in my early to late teenage years. Like, I hung out with church kids. Uh, some of my best friends, their dad was a pastor, and so I hung out with them a lot. And you know, so I played the part. You know, I, I did the things. I went to church camps. I did mission trips. Um, you know, I wore the T-shirts. I went to the band concerts. Like, I seen DC Talk in concert way back in the day. Wow. <laughs> but I didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. Absolutely nothing. And so when my wife and I were dating and we got married um, I still played that part like I and I would kind of admit that I didn't need to go to church because you know God and I had this like agreement you know I was one of those people like oh I'm a Christian and I don't have to go to church type thing truth is is I had no clue about what I was saying because I was ignorant and blind by my own pride and, and selfish ambitions so we get married. I took a job with Best Buy, and you know I worked myself up the ladder. Uh, I was a store manager, and they were like, "Hey, move to Chicago, and we'll give you your own store, and you know maybe even make you a district member." After a number of years, you know you got all this potential. You're so—I mean—they hyped me up, right? I was the youngest store manager in the in the company, and they were like fast tracking me for everything. So I get going, we moved to Chicago and I spent two years in the store in in Aurora and I tried to get myself into a standalone store. Like I tried to be a GM of my own store. That didn't work out. It fell completely through because I couldn't play politics. I was too nice of a person and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't walk over other people to get what I wanted. So I started going back to school, got my bachelor's in computer science, and then I took the transition out of retail and into IT. And, uh, you know, all the while, I'm not going to church. Like, I have no connections to church and nothing. Um, Took a few odd jobs that lasted, you know, a year, nine months, whatever. And finally, my wife says, uh, after we were there, for a couple of years, she says, you know, I'd like to start going back to church. This is in 2014. This new church opened up just down the street. Do you want to go and try it out? I'm like, yeah, you know, that's fine. I don't care. Now I'm out of retail, so I had weekends off. So church would work out. So we go to this church. It's a big church, you know, a couple thousand members, but it wasn't like a mega church. It didn't, you know, it wasn't like massive. They, they had it split to where people would come to three different services. So the church size was only a couple hundred at each service, which was, well. So we start doing the church thing, and, and I start hearing the gospel preached. Uh, the pastor at the time was going through the book of Revelation. And, uh, you know, now I know, but, then, but, but little did I know then extremely dispensational in his approach Hmm. everything is everything was literal i mean it was like a page out of the book of left behind really yeah like this stuff's gonna happen we're gonna see locusts and we're all gonna a mountain's gonna crash into the earth and i i had no idea but uh i thought it was you know like but it was captivating and it caused me to search because i was hearing the gospel 
And so I started reading theology. I started reading books from like Tozer and um, who else did I read early on? I did do, I did go through the Tony Evans stint. Um, trying to think there was one other person that I don't really get into now. C.S. Lewis? Um, not so much Lewis. I do like some of his non-Christian writing. Um, I did like Screw Tape Letters. That was that's a really fascinating book to read. Um, uh, I did do Ravi Zacharias. I think that might have been it. But you know, but these guys like caused me to start thinking rationally about my faith and start to examine it. And, I, and so it took me down the journey of reading my Bible completely and saying, "Do I acknowledge this?" And while well, the answer obviously was yes, you know, because prior to all of this. I would have considered myself a Christian. I had a very basic knowledge of Jesus, but I was never, you know, like a full-blown Christian. And so uh, I was, you know, hook, line, and sinker into it, and I started reading and amassing doctrine. I started reading books and collecting books and... You know, I had various conversations with the new pastor that took over that church. And finally, he just, you know, we got to the conversation about, you know, my faith. And he's like, well, have you ever considered going into ministry? And he's like, you, you know a lot. You've got a deep passion for helping and sharing. Because I was working in the church doing various ministries. And, uh, but at the time, I'm like, I, I had no clue. And this was probably about early 2017. And it just kind of hit me. I was like, maybe I do want to go into ministry. You know, I'm working at a good job, working in IT. I was making good money. You know, we, my wife and I had a house. We were talking about kids. We, I mean, essentially had life made for us. And then, and then the wrench gets thrown in there. Hey, you, you need to become a pastor and I'm going to take everything away that you think is comfortable and I'm going to make it, I'm going to really change. I'm going to really put your life into perspective. Wow. Through much of 17 and early 18, I did a lot of school searching, finding the right seminary. Uh, I did a little bit of preaching in 2018, but my pulpit supply uh, adventures really took off in, in January of 2019. And I preached every month through last year and I preached at a lot of different churches providing assistance and then you know in, in early 2019 I got into a really good seminary um, that's a different story for a different day um, with with the ELCA Lutherans and uh, all that maybe we'll do maybe I'll do a, a drive-by episode someday and talk about that yeah but, uh, yeah that, that was a train wreck. You, I, I told you about it, but it's a train wreck. So I get uh, get into seminary, I start studying, and I continue doing pulpit supply through 2020. Um, I got kind of brushed around with a, with a church that I thought I was going to go and be called to um, that never actually happened, which I think is God's sovereign hand in that situation. And then, lo and behold, this church in Iowa had a retiring pastor and was in need of a young, fresh face and a young family. And uh, they called me November 29th, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I accepted the call right away and, you know, literally driving home now to, uh, to be there and be a part of this ministry. Um, the small church it's you know self-governed so there's no you know senate a hierarchy that sits over it and tells us it dictates what we have to do um i you know we call the shots we make the decisions so i've been blessed to be able to preach what i want to preach and uh currently going through a series on prayer right now so it's been it's been an adventure but it, you know five years ago and you could probably say the same for yourself you know as we look and examine our walk five years ago, I would have laughed at the notion of me becoming a pastor. 
even even early on in my walk, I was so bent on pursuing money and fame. I was so bent that I had to be able to provide for my family, and and, and in reality, that's that makes an idol out of our careers and out of our jobs and our money and you know our future our retirement it creates an idol that we worship because we want to make sure we're contributing to our 401ks or our pensions or you know whatever retirement you contribute you want to you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself before anything else and that's why most companies will take out the 401k uh, you know, as, as while they take out your insurance, and it's uh, it's maddening. You know, we 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 self-preserve ourselves more than anything else in this world, and uh, and I was well deep into that into that path, and so I mean, at one point, I was even. Uh, selling insurance and that is a side gig so i can make oh there's another accident here um iowa just a side note iowa seems to be really known for accidents i i have not driven this road i've driven it about 10 times so far and every time i get to iowa the ditches are full of cars and semis i just passed a semi in the median that was a jackknife like it was turned around and I've passed Amazon trucks in the ditch, car. I mean, it's it's insane, and I've never seen it any other state than Iowa. Is it because of ice and snow? I, I think so because I've I've driven every time now, other than twice, with with uh, a post snowstorm or during a snowstorm. So it's it's been absolutely bizarre my travel adventures this year. But I was just gonna say, you know, I think that. Um looking back at our past like you said you never think you're going to be where you are um and and i think that even goes for uh outside of you know being a non-believer outside the faith so to speak um and five years ago six years ago yeah i never thought i'd be studying um and i study when i can but studying the word the way I do and, and being a part of a podcast and, um, and, and those types of things because I, I had actually not done anything in the church. This is the interesting thing. My whole, my whole life, like I said, I, I knew of God. I knew of Christ. I was never an atheist. I went through a, an agnostic state of kind of defining God as I saw fit. But, um, and it's interesting, I, I never you know served at a church or anything like that. And with, uh, I guess back into the, uh, I don't know if it was, I'm trying to think when we met Alex, was it 2018 or 2019? It was 2019. I think it was 19. Yeah. Early 19, maybe. Yeah. So at that point is when I was like, I want, I want to share, how can I share my faith? How can I share these amazing things that I hear from, from people that impacted my life, like John MacArthur's ministry. I, I attribute um, not only my mom, but the ministry of John MacArthur in helping me come to true uh, faith in Christ. So I wanted to share those types of things. R.C. Sproul was another one who had a, had a profound impact in just yeah. listening. And I was always fascinated uh, you know, by his, his, his teachings. So, uh, then I started, you know, this, the Instagram page and, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's kind of a way to share faith. And then that led to meeting yeah. you and to yeah. this podcast and, um, and then just, you know, trying to get into deeper study through, uh, through books and reading. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, I think you hit it on the head. I, I, I think, uh, I played the played the part like you'd mentioned you did for a long while, and you know I always had again that basic knowledge uh, of of Christ, um, you know, and again I just I look at how God has has been with me the whole way through, and he's never he's he really has never left my side. Um, I, I may have, I've strayed, 
Yes, and but he, I mean, it's it's just it's an amazing thing to look back that how yeah. God has brought me back to life and in, in, in that whole thing. So uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, the uh, when I was out touring, we did a whole summer uh, with. Uh, it was a huge tour with these bands like Motley Crue and I'm going to name the names only because it, it makes the story interesting somewhat interesting at least to me so it was it was, it was Motley Crue um, it was Godsmack it was Theory of a Dead Man um, and Drowning Pool and my band was called Charm City Devils so we roll into Mountain View California to do a show at an amphitheater and um, at this point, I was listening to MacArthur. I was listening to a Lester Begg because um, at that point, my mom had already passed away. And a Lester Begg, I reached out to a Lester Begg, and he actually, he actually called my mom um, during her last year of, of life here and, and spoke with her and prayed with her. And that had another, uh, he, it was another profound impact on me of, of, of this man of God. So that's, that's something that I've always carried. So anyway, we roll into California and we go to the whole deal is we unload, we get the stage set up and then we got our, our band van, um, parked in the parking lot and we're all hanging out doing our thing. And I remember I decided to take a walk with, um, my drummer and we passed by and there was probably 15 to 25 people holding signs. And I'm like, what is this? And as I walked by, there were probably there were a, there was a sign for each band, referencing the band name, and they were they were Christians, you know, you know, and they were referencing like Theory of a Dead Man, Molly Crew, Godsmack, you know, in these signs th that were, were basically saying repent, seek, you know, seek God. Uh, these those types of things that you see out at you know different types of rock shows and, and other things and that hit me man that really hit me I'm like wow that here I am you know I am I, I claim to be a Christian what am I part of that pe pe what people are seeing is a totally different persona they don't even know me and but again that's a problem as a Christian you know it's 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 keep who's gonna why are you gonna keep your light you know hidden you should you should be preaching you should be sharing your faith you should be part of something that represents your king my king and I, and I was not I was part of something that represented uh, the darkness and the things of this world so I was guilty by association you know of course they didn't know my heart I know God knew my heart um, you know because again at that point I was I was Listening, I was trying to further my knowledge of God, but I was not willing to walk away from anything that I wanted to do, as you mentioned as well. I wanted fame. I finally got the fame. I wanted the, the accolades on stage. I wanted people screaming. I mean, that was a hard thing to do. I think back about it. I was like, because I struggled with, okay, I'm going to give up, you know, performing in front of thousands of people because that's what I've always wanted to do and that's what I've always thought completed me. It never did, it never filled a hole. I was always empty and dead inside and, and, until I truly um, put my faith in Christ. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting story how that the impact of seeing those, those Christians chanting and holding signs, warning people about going into the show and here I am kind of on the other side. Yeah, exactly. But it's interesting too because prior to really my realization of Christ and um, you know maybe even shortly thereafter probably for a little bit of time um, I, I went to those types of concerts I was a big corn fan and so I would go and see corn and disturbed in concert at least once or twice a year when they came through the Chicago area and yeah. I had a buddy from from work and we'd just go together and you know, and so I experienced the crowd life, right? It's it's sin driven. I mean, you're you're down in the mosh pitting, and there's always somebody, multiple people smoking pot. There's drugs being passed around. I mean, it clothes are pretty much optional in a lot of the venues. Mm -hmm. It's it's really a different breed of life, and you know, to to say that I was. You know, I, I wasn't like a, a fanatic fan. You know, I, I didn't do the, you know, like I had friends that like 
that would paint their fingernails black and because they're, they're they're emo and they wear black and dye their hair black and wear black makeup and I never did that. I'm, I was just a normal guy. I'm like, I just like the music because it's heavy. You know, like I lifted weights and it was kind of like my motivation, right? I right. played football in high school, so I need hey, heavy music. And so it's uh, it's so crazy how I, I would, if I were to go listen to some of this stuff today, I can maybe stomach one song before I'm just kind of like, oh, this is just, this kills me now. And yeah. It, it's just it's a bizarre change of perception yeah you know it, it really is and i think with music see the danger is this with music and, and i don't want to go down a rabbit hole because this could be actually another episode um the danger the, the so putting your faith in christ um it's really easy to then go quickly which i did do um to the bethel music and to the Hillsong music okay and because it, it because it was so similar to what um, is going on in the rock genre. I, I, we were a little bit more of this style called octane rock, or yeah. whatever you want to call it, um, which was a little bit heavier. But it was so uh, it was so easy to be like, okay, well, you know what? Christians are actually emulating what I'm used to, so I'm just going to go here. And over the last couple of years, I, I've really learned from 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 different people that I've met um, via Instagram, uh, uh, different accounts uh, of of the danger of the theology in, in the music that is Christian and, and, and in seeing that and learning about that, you know, who I thought were like the couple of the guys in, in corn or quote Christian, but they follow John. I think his name is John Crowder or something. One of those kind of Bethel type of crazy drunk in the spirit, drunk on wine. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. I, I, I had no idea. And I, at, at, at the beginning of my kind of walk for a, a brief minute, that's what I was like, okay, this is okay. And it clearly wasn't. So, uh, you know, there's, there's so much going on in, in, in the Christian world that looks and smells and sounds just like the world. How do you differentiate? Because yeah, it's like, okay, I said some words, I, I quote, put my life and gave it, gave it to Christ and here I am at these churches that you're getting falling all over each other, laughing, being drunk in the spirit and things like that. And then you have Christians defending that standpoint when that is no different to your point of being in a mosh pit and listening to this music that it, that incites this these emotions and these feelings for you to act a certain way and that's the same thing as being on stage and i can firsthand tell you the music drove me to act and say things and be a certain way and i was i was in no way uh, i was not in control because I'd, I'd let myself, I was I had given myself over to that lifestyle, how, you know, how you live, how you sound, what you do. So it, there's a huge danger in, in kind of going from there to then Christian. Be, and, and I say this because I had a friend, she had, uh, she had, quote, given her life to Christ. And we would talk via Facebook and stuff. And she, um, she was like, started talking to me about, um, Oh my gosh, um, Todd White, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of Todd White at that point in time. I hadn't. It was very, very, very early on, and I said, "Have you ever heard of John MacArthur?" And I was, I was shooting her over to John MacArthur and Lester Begg. She's like, "No, I never heard of him, but I'll check him out." Anyway, she's just totally on this Todd White kick because of the Corn guys. So she, she then started this ministry inside inside uh, trans bars. And, and, but it wasn't a ministry to reach them and point out they need Christ and they need to repent. It was, it was to justify, to validate that they are okay. They are okay who they are as, and and they can still give their life to Christ. There was, and I was floored by it all. So anyway, long story short, you know, it's the, she reached out to me. She's like, Hey, you want to go on tour with this band? Do you want to be there? You know, the base, the base tech. And I'm like, no, you know, at that point in my life, I'd walked already kind of started walking away from it and you know and, and it's very it, the story ends very sad and i think about it often because i'm like did i point her enough to the true god what it ended up happening is they were out on the road their rv 
had had a flat tire. They pulled over to change it. The the band van carrying the, the equipment behind pulled in behind, and a tractor trailer had sw- had swerved off the road, hit hit the van and hit the RV. The RV exploded. She was she was killed. Uh, the bass player was killed, and people were injured. And I'll never I'll never forget hearing about it because I just spoke with her a couple months before when she was trying to get me to go out and 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 be the bass tech. I would have been in one of those vans. You, yeah, van, or, you would've, that would have been you, dude. Yeah. So, so I I, I, uh, I look at these things in that period of my life where I was kind of on the fence between 2015 and 2017. It was like this lukewarm Christian. And I look at how many people had passed away and had died. And when, when that happened, I'm like, again, in my spirit, I was like, you're in my soul or whatever you want to call it. Inside of me, I was torn up about it because I, I, I had had reservations when she was telling me about this ministry and what it was about and just everything about it. And I'm like, I, I, I felt like a failure, honestly, you know, in looking back at it, I still do that. I had missed an opportunity, you know, other than I, you know, I was like, you should listen to MacArthur. You should listen to beg, you know, because, because when I did go check out, um, Todd white, I was like, this is not sitting right with me. And I, and again, at that point I was still on the fence you know, this lukewarm Christian. So it's just very interesting how God works in your life and, and the things that he uses and to keep you on a narrow path, you know, for those he's chosen. And I, I'm blessed. I can't, I can't even, um, I can't imagine, um, my life without God and, and just the walk and how amazing he's been to me and my family because I deserve nothing. I mean, again, my background, that's just the tip of the iceberg in my background. I'm just, I was a wretched person, really a wretched person growing up. I was. Yeah. So, so was I, and I still am. Yep. And, you know, but that's the beauty is that God pulls us out of the, the path that we were heading down, which is the broad road of destruction. And he shows us this, this, this narrow and difficult path to walk to life and we stumble and fall off of it and he picks us right back up and puts us on it again and that's it, it really is and you know what i know we're getting at we're getting to like you know 50 minutes so i, w- I want to close out with a couple a couple verses that uh, impacted me when um i, I truly put faith uh, in Christ was Second Peter three nine. Uh, this was one that really I think is it is amazing his 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 profound patience his how just deep that is. You know the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. That is just that verse. I, I love that verse. It's just so it's such an amazing verse. And then another one, my mom always wrote to me and I want to do this because I just loved my mom. Um, and she always, she always, she wrote it in letters to me and she would always tell me it was Psalm, uh, 51, 10 verses, uh, through 12. And I have this actually in front of me cause I don't have it memorized. Um, creating me a pure heart of God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I just, uh, you know, I get what my mom was saying in, in, in giving me the, that verse to read and meditate on as a kid, as a teen, um, all the way through up into her death, you know, and what she wanted. So I, I would encourage anybody, plant the seed, and it's okay if you don't get the, the response you want or what you think because it's about what God will will and what God wants, and, and, and just keep spreading the good news of, of, of God because you don't know what fruit that will bear. Yeah. That's for God to know. That's true. That's true. That's, I was going to say that in regards to, you know, the your friend who passed away, you know, you may have said something and you and it crushes you that you may not have been able to fully articulate or better articulate but you could have been just one of many and yeah and the one thing that i i found to be completely comforting with my walk and especially doing the eschatology series on a dying light is that we don't we're not given from scripture what happens after we die there's no account in scripture that says once you die these things happen we are told events to take place 
that will govern all people, but individually we're not told. Right. And so that's where you get the, the soul sleep or the eternal bliss conversations that spring up. Uh, but, you know, the way my one of my professors told me, and, and I think this is a beautiful thing for people to hold to, is that if you're dealing with a loved one or you know somebody who's passed away, and even if they struggled with faith uh, or maybe they were held to it, you know, they, they held on to a different type of faith, you know, maybe a, a Todd White type because they didn't know any better. You know, the only thing I can rest in knowing is that God is merciful. And, and I still can say, and I can't say for certain because I don't know whether they're saved or not saved, right? That's Only God's God doing. knows. Yep. We, we, we as humans do not get the ability to determine whether somebody's going to go to heaven or hell. All we can do is baptize that person and proclaim them to be a Christian in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and let God do the deciding. And so when they die, the next thing they know is God telling them, is Christ telling them, get up and rise. Right. And we, we, we leave it to God's hands. It's his, That's right. it's his business. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when it comes to the, the the essentials of our Christian faith, that's that's the, that's the baseline right there. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, uh, and with respect to unbelievers, we know what Christ said. OK, and that's it. Yeah. So that's who that's who we abide in. That's who we believe in, because he, he is God and he spoke truth. So that's what happens to unbelievers, as Christ outlines. It's, it's not yeah. my words. It's the word of God. So you're you're spot on, spot on. But that doesn't take away from the from the effect of assurance, right? This isn't a discussion about can I be assured that I'm a Christian? Because the assurance of your of your walk isn't an internal clock or meter or checklist that you do. The assurance that you're a Christian is the work that Christ has done for you. And right. do you believe that? Because if you believe that, then you have assurance right there. Right. Christ alone, right? Exactly. In Christ exactly. alone. Well, dude, I think we nailed this episode. We were we were thinking it'd only be like 25 minutes long. This and is we're approaching an hour. Yeah, this is how it always goes. So uh yeah, it's this is this is like the phone call episode. It was this is how our every single one of our phone calls is. Every one, yeah. Hey, you got five minutes to talk. Two hours later. Yeah. Hey, dude, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh man. So yeah. All right, man. Great, great time, dude. I really appreciate it. And um, me too. So and, and we've got some stuff we're gonna come back at you guys with in January. Uh, we do have some ideas around giving you part twos. Uh, some episodes we've planned so keep your eyes open for that and that's all i got ladies and gentlemen yep everybody uh have a safe and happy new year god bless and god's blessing um through 2021 for sure so everybody take care definitely god bless Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.